Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. 720 WGN. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. It has been a while since Paul Vallis has joined us. He joined us during the mayoral campaign for the city of Chicago. And, Paul, you've got a new job. Welcome back to the show. Hi, Lisa. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I mean, I'm a, I'm, I'm a grandpa, and uh, <laughs> I posted a video the other day. The, the, the kid's eight months old, and I posted, and they posted, uh, they sent me a video of him looking for his favorite book on his little, little uh, children's library. It was the most amazing thing. Aw, at eight months old? At eight months old, it, it was the funniest thing because, you know, he, he's trying to grab to stand up so he can reach the book. It, there was a book he wanted, and he pulled the book off, and then he started opening it. It was a book with all the pictures. That's a classic example when you really, you know, at a very young age when you're stimulating a child and you're reading a child and you're singing to a child and you're just, you know, just um, constantly giving the child manipulatives and things that the child can interact with. So it's really an amazing thing. So, yeah, it's a great picture. Paul, maybe it's because you're talking about your grandchild, but you sound much more relaxed than the last time I talked to you. (laughs) Uh, Running for mayor of Chicago and the campaign you run had to be absolutely exhausting. Is there any one thing you can point to that you think led to your loss and Brandon Johnson's win? Well, you know, well, clearly the ground game, you know, uh, the union and their allies, they started organizing 10, 15 years ago, building alliances with uh, community-based organizations. Uh, Really, after Rahm's closing of schools, they began to really look for allies in the community. Because at the time, you know, know, nationally, um, there was a real push to do more charter schools. There was a push to hold schools accountable, you know, the federal government and the state was becoming much more aggressive about school accountability. And and so, you know, they've been running these elections, these automatic elections, what, for the better part of a decade. So clearly, um, we got beat on the ground game, but we knew, we knew that we were going to have to have, uh, you know, we're going to have to have more than a, than a 1%, 2% margin in the polls on election day because they simply had, they simply had a, a bigger, stronger organization that they had spent a better than a decade building. Paul, tell me about the moment when you knew you lost. Well, you know, uh, we kind of, you can, uh, we were doing, we were doing uh, uh, tracking polls really um, uh, almost daily. And really a week after the primary, I was down, I think, six to eight points in the polls. So that's when that's when we obviously we had to go up media wise and things like that. We were able to close the gap, but it was always a one uh, one to two percent race margin. We were either up two percent or down two percent, and uh, so we knew um, we knew uh, probably within the first couple hours uh, when when we were neck and neck that we weren't going to pull it out because at the end of the day, uh, you know, they had a much Stronger field organization for, for doing the mail-in votes. You know the right. You know the uh, uh, for uh, uh, we knew from the primary uh, that uh, in the primary Johnson picked up three or four percent 
uh, of the mail-in votes that were coming in. So we knew when when it was neck and neck, and then I fell slightly behind. A lot of people said, well, you know, you can see it too early and things like that. Um, we knew that we weren't going to get the mail-in uh, votes, that we would probably uh, end up being further behind once the mail-in votes were all tallied. So, you know, I was pretty certain by 9 o'clock. So I don't want to keep people waiting. And at the end of the day, I don't want to create any controversy. So, I'm, you know, so I basically said, look, um, the evidence clearly indicates that he's going to win. And I offered to provide whatever uh, support or help he needed. And it was simply time to move on. Hey, I know you want to talk about the Illinois Policy Institute, which I, I get and I do too, but you brought up the ground game a couple of times. And uh, it begs the question, some people who worked on your ground game says say you haven't paid them. Uh, what's up we with paid, that? We, we paid everybody. We've, we've paid all of our campaign workers. Uh, you know, I think we're, you're always going to have, when you lose, What's the old saying? Victory has many fathers, but defeat is an orphan. <laughs> you know. Plus, when you lose, you know, a lot of times there's a lot of people who come out of the woodwork claiming uh, that that you owe them this or owe them that. But we we paid all of our campaign workers. That doesn't mean that we're going to have someone show up in the next week or month or a year, for that matter. You know, and uh, and uh, we have uh, we have paid all of our our contractors and vendors. So, uh, you know, I submit to you that in contrast to some of the other candidates who ran, uh, we're in far better shape uh, in terms of closing out our campaign. Now, it took me about five to six weeks to, you know, to to get everything cleaned up. But but we're uh, we were pretty quick at getting people paid and we were we were uh, we were very quick at getting our vendors paid. So we really don't have any remaining uh, outstanding campaign issues in terms of financial liabilities or obligations. Paul Vallis is with us. You know him because he ran for mayor of Chicago. He is now a policy advisor for the Illinois Policy Institute. You go to Wikipedia, they identify it as a libertarian nonprofit think tank. I know they've got a lot of high-profile Republican donors. What is the Illinois Policy Institute to you, and what will you be doing, Paul? Well, it's research. And, you know, I'm not going to be doing this full-time uh, I'm going to be doing it part-time, but as you know, really, and anyone who's been following me the last five years, um, you know, I do a lot of postings. I do a lot of op-eds at the invitation of the Chicago Tribune, Wall Street Journal, you know, a lot of policy papers, things like that. So I'm going to continue to be able to do that through the Illinois Policy uh, uh, Institute. And, uh, you know, and they have a great research staff. And, uh, uh, you know, so obviously, uh, you know, I'm going to do what I've really been doing for years. In fact, I one can argue I've been doing all my life. I'm going to be working at identifying policies and programs that can lift people up, that can address the critical problems that people are facing, whether it's public safety, education, whether it's economic development. And and now I'm going to have the staff infrastructure to do it because they have incredible research capacity. They have a lot of young, real dynamic uh, researchers and investigators. And, you know, you know, so I'll be able to bring my ideas and thoughts to the table and I'll be able to identify things that I think we should be looking at and we should be exploring. And and so I look forward to the opportunity to interact with our staff to work on some real meaningful projects, whether they're on public safety, whether they're on state and local finance or for that matter. Um, obviously, you know, what's true to my heart um, or what's dear to my heart, I should say, uh, obviously, education reform and expanding quality educational choices. And how do you think Brandon Johnson is doing so far? Oh, you know, I'm not going to critique. It's, it's tough. It's a really tough job. You know, who am I to second guess or to judge this early in the game? 
Now, you know, I'm going to continue to comment on policies, but at the end of the day, you know, it, 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 you know, it takes a while. I mean, this is a tough job. It, the transition to candidate to, you know, to the mayor's office is a pretty traumatic one. And, and one would hope, though, that once you're in that position, you'll realize that perhaps many of the people who got you there, um, you know, are going to have to expect that now that you're in that top spot, uh, you're going to have to kind of broaden your base. You're, obviously, you're serving a much larger constituency than the constituency that helped you get elected. And, you know, it's important for every mayor to be a statesman. So, you know, we have to give we have to give them time to kind of, you know, assess and evaluate the situation. So, uh, uh, you know, I'm not going to uh, you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to prejudge him. But, you know, but I'm going to be prepared to continue to do uh, in, as you know, five years, five years or what? Almost five years ago, it seems uh, uh, when um, when Lori Lightfoot. Uh, when the primary, I endorsed her for mayor, and and, the, and once she got in, I continued to make comments about the direction or misdirection of the city, and uh, I'll certainly look for the opportunities to provide advice and provide, provide recommendations and make observations uh, when I believe that the city is going in the right direction, for that matter, the wrong direction. But it's early on in the process. I think we all need to give them a little time to get a seat with. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Paul. We appreciate your time and we wish you luck in your new endeavor. Thank you very much and look forward to coming back anytime, um, um, you know, anytime you see fit. You got it. Paul Vallis, policy advisor for the Illinois Policy Institute. Steve's News is next on 720 WGN. Lisa Dent, WGN.